Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Poole, man, yes, we uh, get back in the swing of things. Man, the old summertime's about creeping up on us. I've seen some 90 degree temperatures last couple days. Well, me and the baby have been, uh, Cameron and I have kind of been home this week, a couple of days, kind of still quarantining a little bit, and I got a really nice sunburn Monday, uh, and didn't really expect from riding a tractor and cutting a little grass, and then she and I went swimming, so, yeah, I turned red, lobster red quick, so, I'd say yeah, summertime we, went, uh, we took us a little camping trip this past weekend, went up to the ross barnett reservoir up there on the campground and took a camper up there and had us a little weekend and spent uh spent i guess it was all day saturday on the water in a party barge and had us a good old time but yeah i'm right there we found a found a little red reddish tint on me from a little sunburn so summertime's about here well you know when when for the last two or three months all we've pretty well done is die hard turkey hunt outside you mm-hmm. you don't really leave a lot of skin exposed when you're turkey hunting, so no, it uh, it it does leave leave a little white meat, I guess you could say. <laughs> that it does, man. That it does. We got a few uh, few local things coming up here to talk about, don't we? We do. Uh, I got an email from Scenic Rivers earlier this week, and they wanted me to remind everybody. Uh, that the Bogachita Water Park boat ramp is open Tuesday through Sunday. Gators on Dogwood Trail is renting canoes, kayaks, and tubes for a good time on the river. Gators will put you on the river and shuttle you back to your car. Uh, the water park is not open just yet, but I think sometime later this month they are talking about opening back up. Uh, I take that back. July 1st is looks like the water park park is under renovation and is expected to reopen july 1st for cabin and rv rentals updates coming check out their facebook page on bogachita water park scenic rivers uh, okay so they they aren't shut down because of because of the corona just uh they're renovating huh that'll be nice well i think they decided to renovate a little bit of both corona. uh and, Take advantage of some downtime. Yep, and they put on here that, uh, look, if you want to get with Gators on the Bogotita River, it's a 601-684-1552. Um, there we go. You know, I I know you and I both have spent a lot of time on that river over the years. Oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of good memories. A lot of memories I probably ought to not have. but uh, <laughs> Good times, nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun floating down that river. Uh, whether it was a youth group or a bunch of college kids, it was. We, we've had a good time <laughs> over the years. Different experiences on different trips, but uh, there you go, there you go. The uh, also he sent me a thing on the uh, come golf at Quail Hollow. I did not realize this, and I don't know a lot of our local listeners may have, but uh, you know they've been open seven days a week from seven a.m. to six p.m. Uh, and are fixing to start their membership drive are in the process of their membership drive right now. So okay, uh, they will have snacks available. Snack bar will be available. Um, oh, and what were you and I were talking about earlier, they got a couple of events on here that they wanted to go ahead and talk about the, uh, 
The Cali's Mission State Tournament is June 26th. North Pike Baseball Tournament, Golf Tournament, will be uh, August 22nd. And Quail Hollis' second annual Couples Tournament will be September 19th. So, you know, check out, check them out. And, uh, Jeremy, you've had some experience with that Cali's Mission Tournament, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've played in it. Oh gosh, I know the last I don't know five or six years, and used to have it up at the uh, at the Colin course. They recently moved it down to Quail Hollow. Nice, great venue down there, and that's a uh, that's a pretty cool um, you know mission that they got together with uh, with Kelly Cole, and you know her that you know a lot of a lot of people get together for that. I think I was actually looking at it a day or two ago, kind of affiliated. You know, with with Mr. Tom Cole, we work for the same company, Kelly's dad, and I was looking at it, and I think last year they raised uh, like twenty four thousand dollars, and that all goes to to fund scholarships and mission trips and all that stuff. So that's a that's a great charity organization they got there, and that golf tournament is a, is a huge part of that for them. So everybody, you know, go check that. I think they got a Facebook page you can check out and and get you a team together and, and go enjoy a round of golf out there at Quail Hollow. Uh, Jim, good, I want to ask a, it's a good deal. That's not the one that Grayson and I won a couple years ago. That, was see, held that over is it. exactly the one. Yeah, you are you are a, uh, a past champion of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a four man. Yeah, it's a scramble. Yep. Yep. They did it over at. Uh, it was at Colin's yeah, that, golf course. Yeah, that, that was a, that was the last year they had it at Colin. Then they moved it. Uh, it was years ago they used to have it at, at Quail Hollow, and then they moved it back. Uh, just a couple years ago, spent several years up there at Colin and just moved it back. I think it was last year, their first year back to Quill Hollow. Well, look, I can go ahead and tell a little bit about that. When when Grayson called me on that, he said, man, he said, we need a fourth for our golf tournament. Do you want to play? And I said, well, they just need somebody else to pay an entry fee. <laughs> uh, Grayson's seen me play golf before. Surely he's not asking me to play on his team because of my level of skill. But for some reason, because I told him, I said, man, I, I haven't actually played in about five years. And he said, well, you know, we we need a fourth. Would you be our fourth? Well, I had a week to prepare, so I went and hit some balls on the driving range and tried to kind of figure a few flaws out. And somehow or another, I played really well that day. I don't – we had two older gentlemen with us that could hit it from the – the shorter tees, and they would put it just pipe down the line, you know, straight as an arrow. Mm-hmm. So they already had you in a good position for a second shot. So I could just rear back and swing away. So yeah. if I knocked one off in the bushes, it didn't hurt anybody's feelings. And if I munched one down the middle, they were just tickled. So it, it really worked <laughs> to my advantage where my the, the stress was off of me playing with them. And those those guys putted real well and had really good short games and – uh, it, it worked out where we were, we actually won by several strokes, I think. And yeah, I think so. We were expecting to get pencil whipped in that one, but it, it turned out where we actually won. And I forgot what, what all we won, but it, it was a good, I, I remember it was a good, very good thing that they had going, uh, especially all the, the mission work and everything that they were raising money for. So, oh yeah. And I don't know if any, if anybody out there has ever been and experienced the food that you were able to, uh, come across while you're out there on the course. That is, that's worth signing up a team for to ride around and eat. If you ask me, it's, uh, it's some good stuff, man. Well, Jerry, I'm trying to remember. It was like every four holes or six holes. They had a new, new something for you to eat, whether it was catfish. I want to say they had catfish, they had barbecue. Yeah. 
I yeah, the good something. thing about it, it I mean, was... being affiliated with all these oil field service companies, I mean, you got companies out of South Louisiana, I mean, cooking up jambalaya and, and all that, man, it's, the food is phenomenal. So, you know, if you just want to come out and eat, you know, donate some money to the mission fund, all that's, all that is, uh, is, is a thumbs up. No doubt. No Absolutely. Doubt. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good time. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, may have to look at going again because it's been about that long again since I've swung a golf club again. So. <laughs> You may be due for another win, huh? I may be generating back again. So, yeah, if I play regular, it just gets worse. I don't know how. Uh, You know, normally when you do something more frequently, you get a little better at it. But somehow or another playing golf, my mind gets in the way of my hands. and That's right. It just messes everything up when I go to overthinking it. Absolutely. You know, you're looking at that ball laying, and you're like, oh, man, I could pick it up and throw it. And most of the time, I would do better. Oh, yeah. Then swinging yeah. a club at it. Just pick it up and throw it and wish it well. But That's for sure, man. Well, I guess, you know, kind of getting some of our local stuff out of the way there. I know our last episode we had talked. Um, we got it with old buddy Kenny McLaughlin and, you know, talked about, you know, the theme of that episode was, you know, talking about turkey hunting in different states and going up north and, and some of the places he traveled and, and wanted to kind of get into the trip that you had. Uh, a couple few weeks ago and and you know didn't really get into that a whole lot but you know i think today's episode is just you and i and you know it seemed like a perfect opportunity for you to kind of recap that trip and some of the some of the good times y'all had and some you know it looks like y'all had some success from what i could tell but uh but kind of lead us into you know what that trip entailed and 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 where y'all went and, and and what took place well, I think we ended the episode last week with us actually with me saying that uh, the trip that we had gone on was the Wow Tour. W-O-W, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. The Wow Tour, waiting on Wayne. <laughs> Anytime you can go on a trip and you actually make up a song out of it, and I know this is probably teenage childish, but we were having fun with it, and uh, we, we got to 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 one of the the, the head man's abode there right before we got ready to leave and max and i show up 45 minutes early you know we're ready to get in the truck get everything loaded and get get everything sorted and we got 16 17 hours ahead of us so get get the ball rolling and and get on up there and get where we can actually get hunting well we get everything loaded up and we get a message from wayne said they still hadn't brought his food it was Mother's Day, and we knew we were kind of playing around with fire, leaving on Mother's Day, going on a hunting trip, but we had everybody's permission, so he had decided to take his lovely bride out, and I think his daughter's out, and he was feeding them lunch, and for some reason, they were just running way behind on his food. His son-in-law was sending us updates, which was making it even more fun for us to give him some grief, but we... We had decided we were kind of like, you know, where's Waldo? We were waiting on Wayne. We were, we couldn't figure out where he was. So we finally got him in the truck and got headed up the road. And we actually, I think we stopped that night, about 10 hours up into Missouri. And uh, is it Hannibal, Missouri we stopped, which is a home hometown of uh, Mark Twain. I think that's what is. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yep, we stopped at a, a hotel there, um, just kind of resting up. We really couldn't meet the man until on early in the morning, 
the next morning anyway. So we went ahead and knocked a bigger portion out of it, and then we got up next morning and left. But we we didn't really spend a whole lot of time there in Missouri, but uh, we did did get to actually stay in the hometown of Mark Twain, which just adds a little something to your trip. But we get up there and we get to this man's place, and it it is absolutely gorgeous, Jeremy. I mean, it's it's one of those just kind of serene set back into the i kept calling them mountains they were calling them you know rolling hills but anything that goes straight up is not rolling i'm sorry that's uh that, that doesn't fit in my my vocabulary that way but we got in and i mean it's little red barns little little red buildings that we're we're supposed to be staying in and i mean you you couldn't ask for a prettier place and get there and the man's all excited he's telling us he's been seeing turkeys and we were the whole goal of the trip was we were going to try to hit wisconsin hunting on a man's land that we had found and then we were going to go straight across the river which was about an hour across the river and we we had several places in minnesota public land that we could hunt and we were going to try to get a bird in each state at least one uh minnesota is is a little different you get one tag one week of the year and if you don't kill your bird in that one week, and I'm not sure if that's the same for resident, but it is for non-resident, you only get one tag one week of the year. And if you don't get him in that week, your your turkey season's there is done. Um, so we were trying to, to hit both states at once, and we kind of got ambled in to where we were kind of rushed on that, but that was the goal of the trip. So we get there the first first afternoon right there at lunch and when we drive up to this man's place there's this beautiful red barn and i'll post a picture of it later uh but the uh there's a turkey in the field cornfield right behind it we saw one coming in on our left when we drove up and it's like y'all this man wasn't kidding you know what i mean when you go in hunting with somebody that you don't know and they tell you yeah i got turkeys and you know, sometimes they do sometimes they don't you know it's kind of a hit or miss type deal and it looked to us like he just had them everywhere. Well, he he got us in a little cart and said, hey, look, I want to show y'all my place. And then I'm going to go show you a couple other leases that I have. And y'all are welcome to hunt them all. You know, been getting pictures of birds on game cameras since deer season all along. You know, great, great. Should should be able to help you guys out. You know, and we're looking so for it, at least so three is it, So is this a, a, a guided hunt or just somebody y'all knew or – no, we were we were paying a guy to hunt his place and be able to stay at his lodge. You know, with everything with the corona, we were trying not to stay too many hotels and be out much. Uh, he had a place where we could actually cook and do everything and kind of we could stay kind of quarantined still to ourselves. And, you know, when you're turkey hunting, you're about as quarantined as you're going to get. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this guy actually runs a deer hunting outfit. They do a pile of bow hunts. I think he had. He said he runs about eighty to. Some years he had up to one hundred and sixty bow hunters come through. Because that part of Wisconsin, we were right there outside of Alma, and that is one of the big buck capitals of the world, is my understanding. Uh, you know, I'm not the the biggest follower of, of huge deer hunting, but. Man, some of the pictures and the mounts and stuff that he had were just phenomenal. I mean, it's nothing you'd see around here ever. I don't think you could bring it down here and make it look that good. I mean, it was 
and his the guy's son also did recreations he would form antlers and do and he would do a lot of stuff fixing horns for people and just a really neat setup all the way around really set up for deer hunting but no there was no guided you know i mean you know how we are when we take off all we want to know is where what's the property lines what can we hunt and what can't we hunt right so y'all just y'all just found this guy and just paid to hunt his place and he just so happened to have a place to stay is pretty much how it went Yes, and that was what gotcha. we were looking for all along, trying to trying to locate somewhere we could stay in one place and not have to move around a lot, and you know keep everything as as quarantined as we could as we went. But we uh we get there the first day, we meet the man, uh, you know, do the elbow bump since you're not supposed to shake hands now during the corona and everything, and he puts us on a buggy and takes us up top of a hill, and we get to looking up there and. All of their fields are associated, I say that, the fields on his place were mainly associated either in the valleys or on the tip top of the hill. Because, I mean, it was nothing but timber mountainous terrain going up in between the valley and the the landscaping on top. And he got to telling us, he said, y'all, he said, there's turkeys that roost over here. And they roost over there, and he said, we have different spots on this place. And it was like, okay, so they're roosting up near the top. And he said, no, they're about three-quarters of the way up. Okay, so they roost three-quarters of the way up. And I said, so they usually come down the mountain or they go up the mountain? He said, they normally go up. They're going to stay up there and do strut for a little bit, and then they'll work their way down and feed throughout the day, and then they'll work their way back up to roost. Okay, um, you know, new place, new area never really had to go up for a turkey you know going going long ways not having to go up though but we get up there and and what he was saying the reason they're three quarters of the way up is that the wind coming off the top of the mountain and the wind coming up the mountain there's a zone in there that usually it's less windy i guess the you know there's kind of a i guess you'd call it a dead zone up through there i'm not uh the leading expert on that but yeah i don't think i am either no but there was a, a spot in there that i guess whenever the big winds got to blowing you know it was the calmer areas on the mountains and that's where that's where they like to be which was you know new info to us so that was pretty neat well we go and we ride around and he's showing us different places and man he had taken a skid steer and dug out some little spots on top of these mountains on the edge of these fields, and that was his watering tanks. And when I tell you they were a foot deep, two foot deep at best, it was different. You know, when we dig out a pond, we dig out a pond. And that's what he was calling his watering ponds, but to me it was like a big mud hole. But (laughs) you would have been amazed. We pulled up to the first one, and it looked like hogs had been all in there. And we were asking him, you know, much time, you know, what have, what is causing this? Have y'all got hogs? He said, that's deer. Like, you're kidding. He said, no, y'all have, y'all will see oh. it over the next couple of days. He said, you you will see a pile of deer. He said, I'm not talking about you're going to see four or five. You're going to see 40 or 50. Okay, sounds good. But from looking at the tracks, and we could find a few turkey tracks mixed in there where it was muddy, and it was like, okay, well, there are turkeys in the area, so at least we know we're you know we're on something so we rode around and looked at his place and then we rode around and looked at a couple other places but one of the one of the funniest things i guess to me 
the gentleman that was giving us the tour couldn't hear very well. So we're easing along, and he's pointing out, well, that piece of property there y'all can hunt, and that piece of property y'all can hunt. And it's like, hold on, I've got my own app up, and I'm trying to pull it up so I can mark it. And, and he's steadily driving. I'm like, hold, 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 stop, stop just a second. Let me get this marked. You know, and I mean, he's doing 60 down this little road that I didn't feel comfortable doing 30 on. I mean, he's just booking it. Winding little old mountain trail up through there, and I mean, he's he's got the pedal to the metal. I think I actually asked him which, you know, NASCAR or IndyCar he had, you know, actually driven earlier in life. Because he's just, you know, doing his thing going on. And finally get everything marked, and we get everything checked. Well, the last spot we went to, we actually saw a gobbler with a hen as we were riding around. He was showing us property lines and kind of giving us a layout of where he thought turkeys like to roost and how the field's laid out. And We had talked about it, and nobody wanted to go back to that spot. And I said, well, you know, if y'all are okay with it, I'll go back to where we saw the turkey. That'll be, you know, we know there's one there, so at least even if I don't see anything this afternoon, I can, you know, hopefully have a good idea for in the morning of what maybe what they're wanting to do or maybe hear one fly up or get one to gobble right at roost or you know so so we've got our game plan well the other two head off they go one direction i get them to drop me off where i'm going because we went up in one truck which turned out being harder and folks anybody that's wanting to take a a road trip if you're going to one place one trip truck is wonderful if you're trying to go for two or three different places or try to hit different states like we were you may want to really think about taking that second truck. It just made it, and, and I'll tell you as we go along why it got harder. But so, so did the did the cons outweigh the pros of one truck? You think? I, I know we talked about it, you know, before y'all went. Of you know, you were on the fence about wanting to take another one, and then now we're going to take one. So, yeah, how did? Well, I guess you're going to tell me how that comes out. But well, know. the way it worked out, we needed two trucks, if not three trucks. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. When we made the agreement with the man up there, we were we were on a set price to stay at his lodge all five, six days we were going to be up there and to kill two turkeys off of his properties per person. That was, that was our deal. So we get up there, get everything set, get off in the woods that first afternoon, and sitting there, I had found a little spot not far from where we'd seen that last turkey at. There was a... I was on the edge of one field. There was a little skinny tree line in between me and another field that had recently been broken up. And, you know, being a turkey hunter, I'm thinking, all right, these turkeys are going to want to come back. This one's just been no-till drilled, and the other field's been broken up. They're going to come to that broken dirt, if if in any way possible. So I set up to where I could see it, and I was close to what I thought was a roost area. Because you didn't have a lot of big timber. You know, timber was in certain locations. So if they're going to roost, you were hoping they would roost in those areas. Well, get sat down, uh, sat there about an hour, just yelping every once in a while. I'd, I'd call just a little bit here and call a little bit there. And I get to looking to my left in that dirt field, and I see something go up the field. Then I see another something go up the field. I get my binoculars out and I get to looking and sure enough, his turkey is going up the field. So I called at him, get one of them to gobble back at me. I said, gosh, a Jake. Well, call at him again. Here they come. Wound up seven Jakes come up within 
15, 20 yards of me. Now, I'm, wow. I'm 30 yards from my decoy. They had the strutter and a hen out, and they wanted nothing to do with that strutter. I don't, you know, normally seven jakes, one strutter, they're piling on him, just, you know, they're going to try to run him off and take the hen. And, but for some reason, they wanted nothing to do with him. I don't know if they thought maybe the other strutter was around the corner or what was going on or if they'd seen decoys before. But So they stayed just right there on top of me. I'm watching them, and about that time, they turn just to walk off. They're going to go back up the little lane that I'm sitting next to. And as they go to leave, I said, you know, you know, we do a podcast. We do a social media pages. I'll get a couple good videos of all this. Even if I don't get to shoot anything this afternoon, I'll have something for the show. So I go to get my phone out to start recording, and I cut at them. And when I did, I heard a sure enough big gobble come out of the field that these turkeys had just come out of. And I said, oh, hold on. We may have a whole different show. So I put my phone back down. Call again. Three turkeys answer me. I can still see the first turkey that gobbled, and I hear three gobbles right behind him. I'm like, Lord help, we fixing to have a whole, you know, entourage out here. Well, wind up, I have four strutters and seven jakes out in the field in front of me. No hens, just all, everybody's all grouped up, all the boys are together. Hmm. Well, the, you know, I had time to sit there and kind of look and pick out which turkey I really wanted to, I thought I wanted to take, and they're coming across the field, and I mean, even with the seven jakes right there in front of me, I'd pick my binoculars back up and gone to looking and was like, heck, I don't care if I scare them off, I'm going to watch this show, and Man, I didn't have to call, but maybe once, twice more, and they were sitting in my lap. They were all within 30, 40 yards. And the one that I thought was the biggest, he's coming straight to me. And when he gets right at 30 yards, he decides to run a jake. Well, he runs a jake up back by my strutter, which is to my right, so I'm going to have to swing my gun to shoot him. And right as I go to swing my gun, I look, and there's one 12 steps from me looking in the bushes at me. Well, my gun was already pointed at him, so needless to say, safety clicked, and I shot him. He was he was a done deal, and I posted that picture on. Is that the one where you shot the hole right through him? Yes. The wadding. <laughs> now, his hole from his waddles up was all jelly, but the wadding, my my opinion on it is, and, uh, you know, what we got off of social media confirmed it, but I think the wadding at that range never – separated all the way it 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 went all the way through his head uh i mean you could have covered it with a quarter i i think i did take one picture where i had to yalt yalt uh call from uh game uh hounds to game calls that i laid down and took the picture with it and the reed cut out part is actually smaller than the hole that was through his head but you know, everybody kept saying, oh, that was too tight, too tight. From his waddles up, was he was dead no matter what. It just happened that the wadden hit him. That's not the only thing that actually hit him. But uh, So I've got turkey number one, first afternoon in Wisconsin. I get to text him the other two and find out where they are. One of them's heard one, one of them ain't heard nothing. 
well, the one that hadn't heard anything, these turkeys do. When I shot, it's the greatest part of it. They didn't move. These huh. things were not used to being hunted, in my opinion. I mean, I could have shot a second one, but my thought was, you know, and in Wisconsin, you can. As long as you've got another tag for, for that time period, uh, you can shoot it. You know, from what we could tell, you could shoot one per tag, and it didn't matter if you shot five in a day or one a day. Um, you, you were good to go. Well, they didn't move hardly. I actually had to get up, and when I stepped towards the turkey, they finally decided to ease off. Well, uh, Max had called, so I, I told him, I said, hey, man, there's still three strutters over here. If you want to come back, I'll call and see if I can't get them to come back. Well, he's like, I'm pulling up where I dropped you off. So I dropped him a pen and said, hey, run down this field. Come over here and meet me. Let me see what I can get them to do. So I started calling, and sure enough, they started hitting back. So I gave him time to get up there by me, and I told him, I said, man, look, they just went right down in that little hollow, working their way down this mountain. I said, but they're not. So these are, these are the same birds that were there when you just shot yours, right? Yes. There's still 10 of them. Oh. There were 11 out wow. there at once. So he gets calling, gets them to answer, and, and Max and Wayne use a wing bone. I've never been able to use one. I, I don't have any skill with it. I know it, so I don't fool with one. Well, Max gets his wing bone out, and when he hits it, they just thunder. Just pow, pow, pow. And I said, what you want me to do? He said, just stay here. And he said, uh, I may get you to back up call, call behind me like you're going away from me, you know, or going away from the, the turkeys. I said, not a problem. We're good. So he eases off in there, and he's calling, and they're steadily answering. He's calling, they're steadily answering. Well, he's steadily getting closer to them and made a real good effort at it but just couldn't get them to work, you know, back up there to them. Uh, I think had had I maybe had I not stood up and gone to get my turkey, but I didn't want to shoot a second turkey. I should have just let them ease off. But we get back try to get a game plan for the next morning. Well, those two decide they're going back to the same spot I was in that afternoon because they hadn't really heard anything at the other two places. And said, well, well, you know, we know there's turkeys there. If we can both get one, then we'll go and go to Minnesota. Well, they go over and get set up, and, oh, it wasn't 30 minutes after daylight. They'd sent me a text that Max had got one, and uh, they were sitting, you know, both of them on a tree. You know how when you hunt together a lot of times you sit on the same tree and one faces one direction one faces the other well the turkey just happened to come out on on max's side and max took him and the uh they got to trying to work another one and wasn't able to make that happen well while they're doing all of that i had decided to stay at the camp the man had told us that at the camp property he had been seeing turkeys and we knew we had seen that one turkey when we pulled up in the field the morning before and I said, well, you know, I've got as good a chance here as I do any. Well, I had eased out of the camp after they left and, and walked up to the bottom of the mountain and was sitting there, and right at daylight, I hooted, and, man, it sounded like it must have been 12 hoot owls went to hooting back at me. And I said, well, there's no point in me hooting again. You know, I'll surely they'll wake something up. Well, all of a sudden, I hear three goblin up the mountain to my right and one kind of behind me. Well, the man had told us that, you know, when they when they start off in the morning, they go up to that cornfield on the top, and then they work their way back down throughout the day. 
okay, well, I got to figure out how to get on top. And he had left us a buggy and told us that we could ride around. Well, in the dark, I didn't feel comfortable trying to go get the buggy and trying to figure out how to get back around now that turkeys were awake. Because these little mountain trails, dude, I'm telling you, I'd get off and lead my horse. I wouldn't ride my horse up these things. These were little, <laughs> little switchback, rocky little trails. And he drove it with that buggy like nobody's business, but I didn't want to. So I decided, I said, well, heck, I'm, you know, I'm in good shape. I'll walk his sucker. Well, about halfway up it, I decided I was not in good shape and I did not want to walk that sucker, but I was committed at that point. You know, have you ever got yourself in that position? Yeah. To where yeah. you, you kind of like. I mean, you don't, you don't put in enough effort. It's going to take just as much to cancel whatever you're doing as it would just finish it on out. Oh yeah. The walk <laughs> down wasn't going to be any more fun than the walk up. Uh you know, it was one of those where you're going to have to hold on to trees and keep them sliding on the way down. So it was like, God, all right, I'm here. And then I'd hear him gobble again. I was like, okay, I'm coming, sucker. I'm, I am I, I got your number. I just got to get there. He, he was keeping you motivated. He was keeping me motivated. You know, like a good coach, you know, right when you kind of get in that down moment, they kind of get all up in your grill and get you fired back up. That's what he would do. He'd give that one more cheer and here I'd come again. Well, finally made my way up. Get up there, I get ease up behind a big oak tree and get my binoculars out and I get to look in what he gobbled and it was actually three of them up there gobbling. And I get where I can see him and they're standing just about in the middle of this 80 acre field and you just, there's no way to move around, no way to go at him. You know, it's, you know, we don't have that many 80 acre fields here that I know of that I can have that permission to hunt, but you just, you got to figure out how to work the edges. So, I dropped down a little bit, found a deer trail, went to walking it, eased around, got to where I thought they were eased up. Well, of course, I'm about the same distance from them then as I was where I started at. But they seemed to be moving in that direction, so I just kept working them. And every once in a while, I'd call, get them to gobble, and I'm thinking, surely one of them's going to break loose. It can't be that many hens on top of the hill because I couldn't see a hen. All I could see was the three strutters up on top of the hill, well, get, finally get moved around. I get in a spot where I think, you know, I can see them. I can actually see a couple hens, so I know what they're doing. Well, the hens actually take them away from me. They take them on the other side of the mountain and drop down to a hollow. And I'm like, oh, this has been a, a fun hunt, but, you know, it's all for naught. Well, I found a spot. And I said, you know what, I'm going to set up right here real quick. And I'm going to call and see if I can't get them to answer me. Well, when I called... It was three of them, and then I heard a fourth one answer me. And they don't sound like they're about 100 yards down this mountain, but in that air and everything, travel sound traveling sound travels differently. So I called again, sure enough, here they go again. I said, well, I'm not going anywhere. They know where I'm at. I'm just going to hang out here. It wasn't 20 minutes later. I get to looking across that cornfield, and I see the first little – turkey come out i see second little turkey come out well i get my binoculars up get to looking while all four gobblers came out i called at them all four of them hit i said well they know where i'm at i'm not i'm not doing anything else getting my gun ready well dude it was it was amazing to watch them come over them rolling hills because you'd see them and all of a sudden you wouldn't see them you'd see them and all of a sudden you wouldn't see them and then all of a sudden there they were so you pretty much kind of on and off saw them coming the whole time. 
Yes. I mean, you could you could watch them. I filmed it with them walking, and it was funny. They were walking the center of the rows of the corn stalks. You know, corn stalks weren't but about eight to ten inches tall at that time after they'd harvested it last fall. And but yeah, you get to watch them coming the whole way. And it was you know every turkey hunter I wanted to. I started to call again just to get them to gobble at me and you know get the show going a little bit more. And about that time they were twenty yards off, and it was like nope, never mind. Uh, so I, I took one and the one I took, the two beside them flew up and flew back down. The fourth turkey never moved. And I, you know, I swung my gun barrel over and started to shoot him. And I was like, no, that's my second one. I'm done. Uh, you know, we only have permission to take two on the man's place. So, but the other three stayed right there. If I'd have called again, they'd have come right back up. I mean, it was just different it was almost like hunting west texas turkeys you know the them rios out there you can you can sweet talk them in a heartbeat but i got my second bird messaged max and them and found out they had max had gotten his one wayne was still he had not been successful so i get my turkey and get a couple pictures i start easing down that mountain and when I get almost to the bottom, I'm going to come out in that field behind the, the red barn where he'd seen the turkey the day before. Well, I got to laughing. You know me. I'm always pulling something. So I take my strutter and run out in the middle of that cornfield and stake him out. And then I go back and ease back in the kind of lay down in a little creek drain. Well, I hear them driving up. And about that time, my phone, you know, starts vibrating. Well, I look at it. And Max said, where's your decoy? I said, it's with me. He said, where are you at? I said, I'm coming down this mountain. He said, okay, there's one in the field. Well, get him. Dude, I had pulled my phone out. (laughs) I was ready to film these two creep up on my decoy, and I was going to sacrifice the decoy if they shot it. I was going to say, by the time (laughs) I got out there and figured it was your decoy, you're going to be one less strutter, I bet. It's okay. I had a backup one and a backup fan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, that was not what I brought it for, but I really was thinking, I said, oh, this is going to be awesome. I can I can have so much fun with this. Well, they figured me out and finally text, told me to get my decoy out of the field. And, and and Wayne told me later that Max was about to leave the truck with a gun when he told him, hey, that's Pooh messing with us. That, that's got to be his strutter. It's not moving. Well, what I didn't know from where I was laying, I could see it, but I really wasn't paying a lot of attention. But the wind was turning him on that single stake pretty good. So it looked like he was moving around, had plenty of motion there for a while. And it, it almost worked, but it didn't. But we left there and we went on to Minnesota. And even though I had my two, Max had one, and and Wayne was still trying to get his, we decided that due to the weather that was kind of acting like it was going to roll in and trying to get off of public before the weekend because we knew we could come back to this place and, and get Wayne one so that wasn't a problem. So we left and headed down to Minnesota and went over to the Yucatan WMA. Well, how far of a drive was that from where y'all were at? It Wisconsin? was a, a little over an hour. It, it wasn't oh, a bad so drive. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't a bad drive. We went up, we hunted the Yucatan and we went up hunting the Whitewater WMA there in Minnesota and both gorgeous places but big properties in minnesota you can hunt the forest land or wma so the on x app i know we talked about it on last episode but folks if y'all are looking at taking up turkey hunting or or deer hunting or duck hunting 
and you're going to travel, get the Onyx app. Uh, for the little cost that it is per month, it is well worth this money. I mean, I could look up ownerships. I could see what was public, what was private, and it was pretty spot on. And one of the biggest features it had is it showed the parking lots. Okay, up here, you're hunting home in Chile National Forest and you want to park, you can pull over on the side of the road if you want to. But there's designated parking areas up there too. But, dude. So and, up there, you couldn't do that? You couldn't just pull over on the side of the road or you could? There was nowhere to pull over. Oh. You're on these mountains. I wouldn't gotcha. have left my truck there. You'd wind up, you'd block traffic if you left your truck there. I mean, it was, it was different. I mean, it wasn't like hunting back home, but. So we could we could see the parking areas and we found some spots to go and look and we eased up and found some and checked some things out and you know felt comfortable for in the morning we get there that morning and those two are going to hunt together and they drop me off at my spot and when they drop me off 30 minutes before daylight uh, I hooted just see if I get the hoot owls cranked up a little bit and oh hoot owl answered and about that time I heard a gobble not didn't sound that far from me. And I'm like, man, we have, you know, we're, and, and the guy I had called the Yucatan WMA manager the week or two before and had asked him, and he said, we have a lot of turkeys. We have very few turkey hunters. So, uh, you know, it's not, not easy hunting, and a lot of folks around here just don't do it, which you only have in a week to fill your tag. You know, it's just, it doesn't get hunted very heavily. Sounds good. That's what we were wanting. Well, I take off, go up through there turkey steadily gobbling while well, I hear a second one gobble I said them two's together so I ease up get up there and I mean from the time you get out of the truck about your tenth step it's nothing but uphill from there I told Wayne and Max both at one point I thought the heels of my feet my forehead was actually closer to the ground than the heels of my feet were trying to walk up through some of that stuff and that may be a slight exaggeration but it wasn't too far at some points but get up there, uh, <laughs> I go up, and when I go up, I realize I'm on the wrong ridge. Like, I'm in a valley up between two mountainous hills, and I'm on the wrong one. Well, I actually watched two gobblers fly down about 100 yards from me in on the little road on the other side. I can tell now there's a road over there that I couldn't see in the dark. I passed it. So I had to let them ease off, then I had to go back down what I'd already walked down and come back up the other side, which was a lot of fun. And get around, get up there, get on those turkeys, finally get them to answering me and kind of working back to me a little bit. And when I get up to the top of the hill, I realize that they have moved over to public land or private land, and I'm I'm at the end of my ball game. So... I start trying to figure out a way down. Well, we were hunting by phone or by time. I don't know if you've ever hunted on a schedule, but, hey, we'll meet you back at the truck at 9. It's hard to turkey hunt. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've experienced that a few times this year. Oh, i got to be here at 8 or here at 9 or whatever. Yeah, it never works out too well. Well, I get to the top of the hill. I finally get some phone service. So I message them back. Uh, hey, I'm closer to the truck now than I was where y'all dropped me off this morning. I'm just going to work my way down to the truck. You know, don't shoot me. So I keep 
going over this mountain. I get over to another part, and I, I ease around. And I, I got to see some beautiful country and finally work my way down. Well, I'm coming out, and it just looks like it ought to be turkeys all in that area that I'm coming down. And I'm like, man, you know, surely they killed a turkey over here this morning. Well, as I'm easing back through, I can see I've still got about another half a mile to the truck. I see those two goobers walking across the field. And it was everything in me that I could do not to start calling at them and mess with them. But needless to say, I, I hollered out at them and got their attention. And we eased back to the truck and went and started looking over in the Whitewater WMA. But Max had a good chance at a bird. He had followed a bird up a hill up one of the mountains that morning. And he said it was just over a little dip from him and he just couldn't get eyes on him. Said he was strutting and gobbling, uh, drumming, but he couldn't see anything but from the waddles up on the bird, and he didn't want to take a chance and accidentally shoot a Jake, so he didn't shoot. And well, course, was, was shooting a Jake legal up there or no? We believe it was. I never could find out where it wasn't, but I never saw anything that yeah. said you could shoot one. You know, I mean, it was some states had right. it clear, and this just wasn't wasn't where I ever found it that said it was clear. But anyway, we went up hunting Minnesota for two days. Never did get on a bird in Minnesota. And with, with Wayne not having gotten his Wisconsin one yet, we decided to go back to Wisconsin. So we get over there and it was, uh, get to talking to the landowner. And he, you know, I told him I had finished out. And he's like, well, you know, if you got a chance at another bird, go shoot it. Well, I had spent two afternoons filming. Didn't even take a gun when I probably could have gone and found another one so it was like okay game back on um so the next morning we separate out and we go and where i go and sit at i hear six different turkeys on different mountains gobbling i'm in the valley so i'm like well all right where i'm at actually i take it back i was on the ridge but i could hear them on the other side of the valley and they were too close to me, so I said, well, I'm going to just stay where I'm at and see if I can't work these in this big field. Well, that field's about 100-and-something acres, 180, 190. So I hear one gobbling. I start easing around the field going to him. Can't ever find him. I ease around. I, I get to looking again. Can't find anything. Well, the way the mountains were laid out, the only flat spot was on the very center of the mountain ridge. And then the whole field just kind of sloped away from you. So if you were on one side, you couldn't see what was on the other side of the field. So I said, to heck with it. I'm going up on the road. I've got my strutter decoy in my hand. You know, we're hunting private land. So I get up there and set the strutter in the ground and just get my binoculars out and get to looking. Well, in the far back corner of that field, almost 800 yards, I think it was 770 yards on, on the X to where I, from where I was standing to where I first saw the turkey at. There's a good turkey back there. I can't see what it is, but I see him back there with two hens. Well, I said, well, I'm on the top of the ridge on the highest part of this whole thing. So if I've seen him, he's seen me. So I'm just going to start going towards him. So I start fanning towards him. And I go about 200 yards, and he's coming to me. I hadn't made a sound. I'm just walking with that fan in front of me, kind of crouched down, and I can see him. He's broke away from the two hens, and he's coming at me to come put up a fight. Well, I get to a spot where I feel like I'm comfortable. I get sat down. I get this turkey decoy staked out in front of me, and I make the biggest, probably one of the biggest mistakes in my turkey hunting career. 
I had too much stuff going on. I had my phone out trying to film. I had clicked the camera on my gun on trying to film. And I'm thinking, podcast go. We've got stuff for the for the online sites, you know, for Facebook and Instagram. This is going to be awesome. And when I posted it, it is awesome because I miss that sucker just as big as you please at 30 yards. <laughs> and I didn't miss him one time. I missed him all three times. I let oh, it, you would burn them all. Oh, huh? yes, sir. I, I let the powder go, and I, I shot it till it clicked. And it was, it was bad. I went back and watched the video, and he came up over the hill faster than I thought he was going to come. And when he got to 30 yards, I guess he smelled a rat. Cause I mean I'm I'm bigger than a decoy, so I'm kind of sticking out. I don't look normal. And when he topped that hill, he threw on the brakes and went to putting that head up and taking that fancy step. And I said, "Oh, he's gone. He's fixing to run." And my gun's still laying on the ground instead of in my hands like it should have been. And it was it was bad. Uh, I I'll post a video this week. It's it's bad. It uh, it it was one of those where it made your heart hurt, but it also made you laugh at the same time. Like I cannot believe I've been doing this long, and I just <laughs> did that. So, especially after the buddy of ours that I posted the video of him missing, and we gave him so much grief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's probably worse. Yeah, he got anxious and shot too early, and I waited too late, fiddle pooting around trying to film. Because I mean, I had to throw my phone down, snatch my shotgun up, and. And it was bad <laughs> to tell one on myself. So, yeah, that's a lot to have to, you know, get going and just heck, man, almost what milliseconds, almost of, you know, trying to get it right where where you can get everything done before he moves. And well, I tell you what so. makes it worse the the shot cam camera records almost in slow motion, uh, so it actually looks worse on the video. You see me come up, you see me get on him, and then he takes a step, and I guess I shot right when he took that step, and I missed him just as big as you please. But it looks worse on the video. But I spent about three hours down that mountain looking for him, and it was, uh, <laughs> like I say, it was bad. It was, if you've ever turkey hunted much, We've all done it, but it was it was bad that I did it in the wide open, and I had found a turkey over 700 yards to me and missed him in the wide open. And then missed so him did flying. He, did he fly or did he run? No, sir. He left, he left the ground in the air. He, he was uh -huh. gone. But he flew straight across, and, you know, as much shooting as I do, I still can't believe I missed all three, but I – he never well, see, slacked I, up. I, I've never sh the the birds that I missed. They took off running, and I was like, man, if I think if I miss it, and I, I've seen it on video before, you know, he, even even Coker's whenever you posted his video that you know shoot and they fly off. I feel like I could hit him flying. I don't know if I can or not, but you like say as much shooting as you know you and I do. You know, I feel like I could hit him. But every turkey that I miss, he takes off running, and that head is sitting there bobbing. And uh, I've I've been in the same situation. I've I've given him all three shells and didn't have any better luck on the last two than I did the first one. But well, I can tell you, I on know. second shot and third shot, I wasn't aiming for head anymore. I was aiming at body. Oh no! And yeah, yeah, I'd be the same <laughs> way. Hoping to hit something and clip him because I really didn't want to have to go down that mountain and look for him. So it was it was just a bad deal. But oh no, it was it was a lot of fun. Great trip. Great 
you know, anytime you go on a trip, you want to make great memories and, and have great compadres going with you. And we had all of that plus. So, yeah, man, I'm glad y'all had a good trip. Always good. Uh, always good to hear about it, man. I always love hearing, hearing good stories. And, uh, so you got, you got anything else planned? Any, uh, you know, anything coming up across the summer? I don't, I don't, well, other, we than, were, other than a bunch of dirt bike riding with my youngins, that's going to be about the extent of what I got going on. We actually had a guy's fishing trip planned for this weekend, but it looks like his tropical storm's going to throw it out. We were going with Captain Anthony out of Leeville, and uh, he messaged me yesterday and said, "Don't don't look good." So I think no, that's no, it's get not. Scratched. I know we got that coming. You know, venturing on this way, it looks. But hey, I know we're I know we're getting short on time. Before we go off here, I just want to. And I know you'll be with me on this. I want to send my condolences out to the to the Priest family, you know, passing of of Uncle Rusty. You know, for fortunate we were we were able to get him on heck, I guess it was episode before last, but you know, just hearing his passing it's that's that's tough and I know with Slade and, and uh, you know, Craig and Ryan and Blake, I know all those guys are are taking that tough, but you know, sending our prayers out to them and the family for sure. We definitely lost one of the good ones. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uncle Rusty's one of the finer fellows I'd ever had the opportunity to get to get to hang around and visit. And, you know, I, I'm going – I think I said it yesterday to several of them that, you know, the podcast we got to do with him with a couple of weeks ago was special then, but it's even more special now that we got to, you know, got the opportunity to spend the time with him and get to visit and shoot the bull. And, uh, yeah, uh, definitely – my thoughts and prayers go out to the friends and family of Uncle Rusty for sure, because he was he was definitely one of the good ones. Always will be, and he'll always have a special place in in my memory. I know. Oh yeah, man, for sure, for sure. But uh, well, anyway, Poe, I guess we will uh we'll close this one out and and see if we can't line us a guest up for the other one. But, but man, that was a good episode, kind of recapping that hunt, that trip. But everybody. See y'all next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southern air. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.